thank you for staying with us in this journey as we focus on natural theology and uh, in this series we have covered cu- quite a number of topics and right now we're talking about showing christianity to be true and the previous episode we talked about arguments we started off with arguments and there are two types of arguments deductive and inductive and today we'll be talking about inductive arguments stay tuned as we come back wow it's so good to see you jacob back in india i know most of the audience have seen the background change so yes jacob yeah. is back in india he's looking glowy and shiny i can see him clean shaved looking good bro <laughs> Yeah, it, I, the light is actually pretty close to my face, so that explains the glow on my face. So, <laughs> okay. And yeah, I, it it's really the best part of being back in India with all the other things, especially at SAFT, is that whenever we want to communicate, I don't have to stick with WhatsApp audio messages. I can call you up. You know, being in UAE, some of the audience members may know WhatsApp calls are banned. So if I have to call yeah. Ankit, I have to get an international uh, phone call available and then make that happen. but being making sure that all of us are here in india all the core team members it makes the whole point of communication and collaboration much more easier especially since we have our eriopagus 2022 uh coming up so we are so excited for that uh, we have some amazing news in store but in in due time in due time as we hopefully and prayerfully yes. work towards it yeah so uh you know like those of you who were a part of the Aeropegus 2021 you all know how good it was right it was a big success and uh, we are really looking forward to Aeropegus 2022 and uh, you know like we'll be dropping some updates pretty soon so you should follow us on our social media pages on Instagram Facebook so that uh, you know you'll stay updated and uh, you won't miss yeah. out on anything so let's just straight off dive into the topic of today uh before that i'll just like to give a short recap of what we did in the previous episode in the previous episode we talked about deductive arguments right so whether we focus uh, we talked that what are deductive arguments they are basically there are premises and uh, each premise is true and that leads to the argument so let me give you one example uh for example i carry an umbrella when it's raining okay that's the premise one premise two it is raining today okay and premise three it is it is a con- conclusion which states that since it's raining today i will be carrying an umbrella umbrella when i go out so those are our Whoa. deductive arguments angit bro it's it's a good idea yes. that you mentioned it because what you actually showed um was a, an an invalid argument okay now it's interesting that you you brought that up um okay. again this is spontaneous um so so it's it's a good idea because you are new to explore in the whole argument in this in the way that i've explained so what you thought was something what i thought when i first learned about deductive arguments so we are all in the same camp okay, okay? Mm-hmm. so what we have here is um, a logical fallacy called uh, uh affirming the antecedent okay and here's what it means um uh, no it's called affirming the consequent i think it's it's one of these two so what that what normally happens there is that we say if a then b okay makes sense you know if a then b and mm-hmm. then we say b therefore a so the issue is that like so that is a flawed argument because you are affirming you know the 
that which is supposed to uh, follow up. So the first statement is, if A, then B. So basically that first premise is saying that, okay. if A is the case, then B will happen. Now when we go and say B is the case, we have actually affirmed it, that which we were trying to prove. You know, the whole argument started off by looking as, I'm going to show that A is the case, and therefore I'm going to show you that B is also the case. But by showing that the second thing okay. happened, it's actually a mess. So he, here's a good example. Um, mm. If I say that, um, if I am late, then um, my alarm didn't go off, or, 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 or this other way, better way. If my alarm doesn't go on, like if my alarm doesn't ring, I will be late. And premise two, I am late. And therefore I try to say, therefore my alarm didn't go off. Uh, Now, okay, on the okay. surface of it, we might say, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, do, it does make sense. Mm -hmm. But here's an issue. Something else could be the cause of me being late. It could be a traffic jam. It could be that I had an upset stomach. So while it looks right. easier to say, you know, um, if my alarm uh, doesn't ring, I will be late. I am late, therefore my alarm didn't ring. It could be the fact that my alarm was normal, but something else was the cause of me being late. Something else led to me being late. So like I said, you know, since you got mixed it up with, and it's a good idea that, you know, this casually happened and this is happening on record. Um, this is something that I also yeah. took time to understand because, you know, on top of it, it makes sense. If you're late, then that means your alarm didn't go off. So on the top of it, it, it looks uh, sensible. But this actually commits a logical fallacy. So what we want to do is to say is, if my alarm doesn't go off, I will be late. My alarm didn't go off, therefore I am late. Because that is what premise one is trying to say. It's trying to say, if this, is, this has happened, then this will follow or then this is the case. Mm. So we need to try and stick with that pattern itself because that is what we are presenting. Or what you could do is you could simply reverse it. You know, you could say, if I am late, then my alarm didn't go off. I am late, therefore my alarm didn't go off. And in that way, okay. your argument stays within the laws of logic. Um, so in that case, mm -hmm. it's it's valid. So with your example, so you yeah. could say like, you know, if uh, if it rains, I'll take my umbrella with me. It is raining, therefore I, I have taken my umbrella with me. That would be a valid form of a deductive argument. And the point to right. be taken here is that um, this is a learning curve. You know, you don't you don't instantly get become the master of deductive arguments. Um, you made that mistake. Mm -hmm. I also made that mistake. Most of the audience members may think, you know, that makes sense, but it actually doesn't. So it's something for us to learn together, and 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 that's the whole point of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you for thank you for that correction. So I think now it's pretty clear, right? And uh, thank you for that clarification as well. So uh, as Jacob mentioned, we all are learning together. So there's nothing like you know, uh, you know, the, like there's always a always room for learning. So thank you for helping us out, Jacob. And uh, yeah, I and, think uh, with and that, I want to correct that the, been... the fallacy's name is affirming the consequent, not the antecedent. That's the other way around. That's a proper way. Affirming okay, the consequence okay. is that, right. you know, this is the consequence and you're trying to affirm it first mm -hmm. instead of the other one. Uh, you don't have to remember the fallacy name. Right. I mean, unless and until you're talking to someone who is interested about logical fallacies and naming them. Uh, but as long as you understand that what is the issue at here, you're good. So I just want to correct that. It's, it's a fallacy called affirming the consequence. That's what we both committed. Right. So I think we can, I think that's, that was, you know, a good recap to what we did in the previous yeah. episode and uh, i hope that those of you who haven't heard the previous episode you will go back 
and uh, tune into that as well now moving ahead today we'll be talking about the other types of arguments and they are known as the inductive arguments so uh, let's just dive into it and start talking about it yeah yeah so we looked at deductive arguments and i mentioned that in the last episode um that deductive arguments have the specific structure so you go like premise 1 and then premise 2 and then you go to a conclusion so like ankit mentioned you know if both the premise are true and as we saw in that example you know in that example we sh- there was it was not a question of whether um i am late or whether the alarm didn't go off it was not a question of whether it was raining or whether you have the umbrella with you the question there was mm. is the connection between those premises is the structure of that argument valid is there any logical fallacies in there so with deductive arguments that's the question that we ask we have two premise or three premise or five premise and so on and so forth different statements in that argument and we ask are they true is the logic valid are they connected well um and we looked at some of the errors that people normally make um and we also saw one error that we all normally make when it comes to deductive arguments so that is mm-hmm. what what some that stands out with deductive arguments you have a proper structure that is airtight and leads you to con- to a conclusion now with inductive arguments you are um inferring the the conclusion so to speak so what is happening here is that um let's say you have something to explain all right now in the field of christian apologetics one of the best explanations uh, or, or best examples of an inductive argument would be an argument for the resurrection of jesus christ so you would see this mm. from people like dr william laying rake um where he would present and say well these are the facts these are the data that we have before us now the question is what explanation best fits the data so it is not a straightforward way of saying if this then this then this therefore this now it's not a pretty straightforward way it's inferring to the best explanation so there may not be that specific structure that you would see with a deductive argument now there are so many scopes of difference here with deductive and inductive arguments now i'll try and walk it through and ankit you can chip in if if i don't make any sense there yeah i mean um no it's we yeah. we are recording at late at night so there could be a pretty much possibility that i may not make sense halfway through yeah if you can so see you can it's 12 12 pm in the night yeah, <laughs> yeah it's 12 12 am uh, at night yeah right um <laughs> so um yeah before so starting with, off uh, uh, jacob like yeah. uh, just to just to make sure that we all are on the right place so mm. i would like to just you know uh, give an example and you just correct me if it's right okay so, yeah, so there's a do i correct okay, you if example, it is right or do i correct you if it is wrong uh what's the difference <laughs> well if, if it's right uh, why would i correct me? you i mean yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so if if <laughs> my midnight bro so mm-hmm. <laughs> all of us. yeah so uh there's a dog downstairs okay right at the entrance of my apartment okay whenever i walk past that dog it doesn't bite me okay hmm. so today when i walk past the dog it won't bite me is this an example of an inductive argument um well it it touches on the point of inferring so you know we would hmm. we would normally would do this in our life where we would say well this is the past data that i have with me and therefore i would infer to the conclusion that this is supposed to follow now as you said in the way you presented it also it doesn't have a particular structure to it as a deductive argument may have yeah. but we can actually give a structure to it like we can 
uh, you know specify what excel we're talking about break it down in premises and give a structure to it but with inductive arguments it's a bit more nuanced so let me let me point out the example so i said initially in inductive arguments we're trying to see what theory or explanation best fits the data before us now that data could be mm. anything um but we are talking about here in a christian uh, apologetics a philosophical sense of argument not the sort of, sort right. of social science or natural science sort of inductive deductive argument there could be a different way i'm not that i'm not an expert in that um i i i'm learning about um deductive way of uh, approaching research and inductive way of approaching research but it is uh, focused along you know how you approach theory and model in economics it's not along the way we are talking about right mm. now so it's a heads up um, don't think that deductive and inductive is taken in the same sense across all disciplines so here's an example of an inductive argument uh, <clears throat> let's say you're taking 10 patients for a survey and uh, the first uh, person under consideration the first uh, participant smokes one cigarette a day the second person smokes two cigarette a day third person smokes three cigarettes a day and on and on and on the tenth person uh, smokes 10 cigarettes a day so this is how they go on and at the end of the year you look at their uh, health condition so you know they are the same age they don't have other diseases they don't they're not obese uh, they're not they don't they don't uh, undergo any iron deficiency so in terms of physical build age they are somewhat similar uh, they also have equal health conditions and then you started this uh, this trial so at the end of the year you look at that and you see that the first person is much better off than the 10th person and the ninth person is better off than the 10th person the eighth person is better off than the ninth person and the first person is better off than the second person and so you sort of see the spectrum where the first person is far better right. off than the person at the very right and here we would ask okay well what best explains the data now here if even though we don't have a deductive argument sort of presentation we can say that the fact that smoking is injurious to health seems to best explain the data and so we have the data we are seeing this trend among people who smoke and you can add in maybe 11 person who doesn't smoke and we see that mm. they all have the same diet same build same age and you see that the situation deteriorates their health deteriorates as you move from the person who smokes one cigarette a day to the person who smokes 10 cigarettes a day so now you can look at here and say well the explanation that um, smoking is injurious to health best explains the data now someone will come along and say no i think the explanation that some alien species um, manipulated our research best explains the data now here the data is pretty straightforward there's one piece of data so obviously we know that, yeah. that that's pretty ridiculous to claim but someone else can come and post it and say no i think something some other explanation or some other theory best explains the data before us um, or someone mm. could come and say well you didn't actually take into consideration some sort of hereditary diseases that they may have that could have come into play um, into the data here and they might come along and say well it's not really smoking it's some sort of hereditary diseases that they have um, that actually cause right. the 10% to have more and so he will come and post it a different explanation to try and best explain the data uh, and like i said now it's very clear for us because there is one piece of data and we know that smoking is injurious to health so in this in this example it's pretty clear but there will be other situations especially when we use inductive argument for something like the resurrection of jesus christ or something in christian mm. apologetics where there are so many pieces for us to explain so we have this whole spectrum of data and we ask what theory or explanation best fits the data what theory or explanation makes us makes the most sense out of the data so that is what an inductive argument basically does 
it says then it points to the end and say therefore this explanation is the best or this is the best fit now one caveat one sort of warning um with inductive arguments is that um you have sort of like a basket of live explanations or live theories so if we if we look at the example of the smoking experiment now i will suggest that smoking is injurious to health that is the explanation ankit will come along and suggest uh, you know maybe the the aliens uh, manipulated the survey a third person will come along and suggest that the, there is a hidden hereditary disease that is causing these results and we have these three explanation and we are going back and forth and seeing which of these three explanation best fits the data now the problem is and this is one of the drawbacks of an inductive um, argument we can we can remove this drawback as much as we can but it is still a drawback there may be a fourth explanation that neither of us neither three of us have even considered or know of so we are going around within these three argument three uh, theories and trying to see which of these three makes sense but maybe there could be a fourth one so with inductive arguments what we're seeing is we're looking at that basket of live explanations before us that which is you know alive and that which we are interacting with explanation see out of these live explanations what best fits the data there could be something else that we haven't considered and it is up to the researcher and you know in this case it's up to the apologist and the philosopher mm-hmm. to explore and see can i is there something else that can be brought into the scene here and so that is how the nature of inductive arguments is and uh, i'll just go through quickly the question of how do we assess the validity of an inductive argument to see if it you know if it holds true or not um, and then we can conclude uh, with this episode i think that that be a good very good place to um, stop of this episode so with deductive arguments yeah, i have a question that. before you go ahead yeah yeah sure so, sure go ahead uh, i was just i was just thinking that you know uh, you said that there are these three arguments which are there uh, and you have we yeah. have to find like which is most likely and which is most likely true right so now to prove which one is most likely again there must be some different arguments right so like for example yeah, so, uh smoking smoking uh tobacco is injurious to health that's the argument which you put forth hmm. now because there has been some other studies and arguments on uh lungs like they have seen how uh tobacco is affecting so that is the argument which you put forth now uh like that i feel that there can be some cases in which you know it keeps on going on and going on and on and on like one argument then okay prove how this argument is true for that some other argument comes in now to prove that that argument is true so uh, what do we do in those cases yeah so this is actually what i was going to touch upon the question is how do you pick one of these theories as the best fit i mean that's what you're also getting at right like how do ah. we do that yeah um, yeah yeah now i don't think that hmm. there is a sort of infinite regression where you keep going back back on and on and on um, because if your explanation is pretty straightforward and you can outline how your explanation fits the data then i don't think you have to go back because yeah. that is the proof of the explanation or the proof of mm. its validity the proof of its truth so there are multiple criteria but i'll just quickly point out three criteria um, out of the many that you can quickly keep in mind so this would be explanatory power explanatory scope and ad hocness um, now this actually would tie into another topic that we may want to touch upon um, but that we'll look at in the later episode so explanatory power mm. is where we or let me start with explanatory scope one of the easiest one explanatory scope is we ask well how much of that data does this theory try to account for 
so maybe uh, you know if i spoke, okay. speak about i mean our example is pretty limited so uh, there is only one data before us the deteriorating health condition i mean so we ask okay so we have this one piece of data with us can the explanation that smoking tobacco is injurious to health try and account for that data or and this would be this would be something that we would apply with something like the resurrection so if i give the explanation that um you know jesus actually physically rose from the grave we would ask okay we have the data with us which is the empty tomb or we have the data with us um that the disciples actually experienced the risen jesus or we have the data with us that the disciples yeah. uh died for their belief so now we ask can this explanation or can this theory that jesus rose from the dead try and make sense of the data now how well does it make sense of that would be a different question but is this coming under the domain of that theory um and that would be a question that we will ask does this theory can try and account for this data another question would be the explanatory power of the data or the explanatory power of the theory so here we ask i have this piece of data with me now does this explanation make this data more probable in other words uh, if we, if we come back to the resurrection explanation if i say mm-hmm. that the disciples um stole the body of jesus okay and so i ask well if the disciples stole the body of jesus then it doesn't make sense to see that the disciples would actually die for the belief that jesus rose from the dead because it doesn't make sense yeah. to say that they would die for something that which they know not that which they are told but that which they know is false so the explanatory mm-hmm. power part of the analysis would ask okay um, does this data make sense under this uh, explanation doesn't make sense to say that the disciples would die for a false belief if i hold on to the theory that the disciples made up the resurrection that would be that part mm-hmm. and the third example uh, the third part of the analysis the third criteria would be ad hocness so how, how many assumptions do you need to introduce in into your explanations how many uh, uh, as taken statements do you have to take into your explanation okay. so with something like um the uh, the conspiracy uh, theory that you know, the disciples stole the body of jesus and told that he rose from the grave um an ad hoc statement would be saying that um the disciples had some sort of motive to gain from there you know the disciples um so there was some worldly pressure to gain from there and that was that drove them to now we don't see anything of that sort within the gospels the historical records of the life of jesus to say that there was some sort of indication in that direction or we could point out and say well it doesn't you know it it's sort of ad hoc to pose it that way now when it comes to the resurrection hypothesis um the the only ad hocness that has been pointed out would be the statement god exists so it is an assumption or something that is external into the theory that we are holding in place and say okay we are going to take this as given and then we are going to try and consider the theory we're going to assume that this is the mm-hmm. case so we may assume that the disciples had some sort of motive it's not given we assume that okay if the disciples had some motive now let's try and work through the theory does that make sense so that is how we would ask right. um ask the ad hocness and so with the resurrection we would ask mm-hmm. well if we can assume that maybe god exists can we try and work through the theory so that would be the ad hocness element now obviously as i mentioned this um the atheists our atheists and agnostic friends would be raising the eyebrows and saying well that's too much of an ad hocness but that is up to a uh, debate and that is something to be explored in depth and we went over the time yeah. a bit more but these are would be mm-hmm. the three of the many criteria that we would deploy to see if that particular explanation uh, best explains the data before us and i think that's a pretty good place for us to uh, stop this episode because you know we've gone a bit over right 
right right and uh, if it still doesn't make sense to you don't worry because now as if as you're following this uh, series so in the future we'll be talking about many arguments and each of the arguments fall either under deductive or inductive so that's when you know it will be more clear to you and you'll be able to uh, understand in a better way so as jacob mentioned uh, we have gone a bit ahead of time so uh, it's time to stop this episode and uh, we'll see you in the next one till then i'll just want to encourage you all once again to follow us on our social media to stay updated and uh, use speakpipe to send in your questions so that we can address them in the upcoming episodes thank you and uh, yeah that's it from our side see you in the next one take care and stay safe to know more about our ministry visit our website at www.saftapologetics.com You can also find Saft Apologetics on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon.